welcome back to the next episode of Um Like Anime. My name's George, and with me as always is Tony. As always. As always. I mean, is it always though? I mean, it always has been, but will it always will be? I mean, who's to say? That sentence didn't make sense. Will it always will, will be? It always will be? <laughs> Will it always will it be? Will it always will it always kangaroo? <laughs> wallaby. Will it always wallaby? Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> I. Oi. Just let him get it out of his system, guys. I'm trying to I'm trying to do Australian now and I can't quite do it. I actually changed a Siri. I have Apple, you guys, but I, I changed mm. Siri's voice to an Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on Google and I have it as an Australian accent as well. Oh, do you? Yeah. I, I had Siri as a British voice for years. Um, and that for some reason recently I changed it to Australian, uh, mm. and it cracks me up every time I hear it. Mm. They're like, all right, I'll, I'll play that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can. I mean, it was all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to try and do my Australian accent now. I've been watching Big Brother Australia a lot. So, oh, you should, um, you should got something in your bag then. Yeah. I, uh, what is the phrase I used to get into it? Um, yeah, that's, that's what always helps. You gotta have, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Just start talking, I guess. Think of, uh, what was that bloke's name? What uh, did that movie in uh, New York with the Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, this is awful. I'm doing terrible. Did I we... can hear it. I can hear how bad it is. I know. Well, it's harder when you're on the mic and you have, you know, monitors and, yeah. Four beers in you. Well, you know. Nobody was going to mention that, but you did. <laughs> and uh, anyway, should we do the whole episode in an accent? I'm hearing a no. I, I can I don't do know the, where that's coming from. I can do. I can do my Irish accent probably. I can do. I should like, be able to do that. I can just fall into that usually. You do that one pretty well. Um, I can do a very uh, um, yeah. So welcome, Southern accent. Welcome to episode 31. Uh, we've got five shows we're doing for you tonight. Uh, we're starting with Odd Taxi. This is episode 12 of 13. Um, would you like to start us off, George? George, George. I don't know how to say George in an Irish accent. Yeah. George. That's what it sounds like in my head George. as I say George, but it doesn't sound right when it comes out, you know? Sershi. Sershi. George. George. <laughs> George. Sersha like inertia. George. George. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, but yes, I would love to talk about Odd Taxi and uh, just normal accents would be fine. That doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> well... This, I mean, you basically dared me to do this, so now you're going to have to put up with it for the rest of the night. I didn't... Uh, you basically dared me to do it. I didn't put any money on the table, so... It doesn't matter. I do this for free. <laughs> All right. Well, keep it up there. I'm going to just go normal. Um, we got the penultimate episode of Chicken. Odd Taxi. <laughs> um, and this, uh, this is a big one. Yeah, quite a bit happens in this. Yeah, and the... I mean, quite a bit happens in this. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that for the whole night. I could, but I'm not going to. Several things are resolved in this episode. Not everything. And so that leads into the final episode, which I'm very curious how that's going to play out. But lest we jump ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that, no, that pretty much sums it up. Let's move on. <laughs> we have to dig We have to dig All right, this. all right. So I will say, to kind of set up like the first probably more than half, but definitely the first half of this episode. Dobu's plan, I mean, we start off with this episode, the, the plan is 
we're going, we're starting, we're just doing it. We're jumping right into it. Another great thing I love about this show. It's like, you know, but yeah, I, we've got, we've got Yano's plan. We've got Dobu's plan. We've got Odo's plan. Yes. And they all, they all kind of are layered on top of each other. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, up until a certain character named Tanaka shows up in this episode, mm. Dobu's plan goes off without a hitch. Um, yeah. Odo's plan, he wanted um, uh, Imai, the one who won the lottery and has kind of been kidnapped by, or literally has been kidnapped by Yano. Yeah. Um, he wanted, he told Imai to, you know, check a second case of the money when they're at the bank. Um, mm. And we know when they're loading it into the car and, uh, and Yano kind of beat him to the punch with that. He starts rapping again and going off on, you know, we should check, you know, check another one is essentially all he's saying. Yeah. And, uh, the polar bear guy, whatever his name is, I keep forgetting. Um, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. But whatever that guy, he's, he's like, ah, he convinces him. He's like, no, but, you know, let's not do this here. Let's, you know, we'll deal with it later if, if there's an issue. Uh, and so, uh, uh, Yano's okay with that. And so uh, that that's really where Odo's plan fell apart um, because, you know, he really wanted, and this episode starts with him being in his car alone, waiting, you know, for everything to unfold, being like, Imai, do the, you know, do the right thing. Do what I told you, you know, check another case. He does not do that. And so uh, things according, you know, according to Dobu's plan, carry out, they leave. Uh, Big Daimon is following them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and they eventually get pulled over. And then meanwhile, um, Dobu meets up with Odo and they're like, all right, you're ready. We're going to go kind of creep up on them and wait for things to transpire. And then what? I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, I'm, well, yeah, they're waiting like on the other side of the bridge because Dobu has figured out where they're probably going, I guess. And then he gets confirmation from uh, Big Diamond who tells him, yeah, they're heading towards this bridge or whatever. So they're mm. probably heading towards whatever wharf it is. So right? he knows roughly where Daimon is pulling them over at. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, they sort of had a contingency or they had a plan, which one of the contingencies of that plan was if they're going across this bridge, he's supposed to pull them over and then they'll meet them on the other side. So they seem to be heading towards that bridge. So Odo and um, Dobu go and basically are waiting on the other side of the bridge. Daimon pulls them over and uh you know comes up and pretends to be a cop um I mean, he, he is, is a, a cop he is a cop but he pretends to be like an honest cop yeah it's like oh we got word about a bank robbery and the suspects were driving a black van very similar to this um i'm gonna i noticed there's some cases in the back of your vehicle i'm gonna need you to uh, show me what's in those cases and then so they go back and they open the cases and you know the first case is just full of money right mm. and uh and then what happens then uh yeah then they explain basically that oh yeah he's a lottery winner and we're just helping him you know take his winnings yeah and then big diamond says oh well we're gonna have to open another case and you know make sure and then they open the other case and it's fake like there's bills on top but underneath is all like newspaper right yeah and uh so he's, and then he's like, like well we're gonna need to go back to my car and talk about this uh you kid, you can stay here. Just, you know, these two. I'm going to come back to my car. Yeah. Well, actually, I think he tells him, like, you can... Well, at one point, he, he tells He comes him, back and tells him that later. Yeah, yeah. you can but, go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so while that's all happening, and he gets him back into the cop car, and Emai runs off. Yep. And, uh, and then, all of a sudden, the van takes off. Yeah, Dobu jumps in the van and... According to his plan as yep. well. Yeah, that was part of his plan. And, uh, and then, 
I guess we don't see what happens next, but we find out later what happens next in that situation. But what we see next is um, Odo and Dobu um, get back to where Dobu's van is. Well, they transfer Which, the money to the, the cab, and then they take the cab back to where yes. Dobu's van is waiting. And they only have the one case, because only one of them actually The one that's money. full of money, right? But I guess what we forgot to, forgot to mention is that when Dobu first shows up with his black van... He has all the other nine cases of cash, right? Right, because he had the bank people take yeah. care of that for him. Yeah. And while Dobu gets a call from Big Daimon, he kind of turns away to talk to him, and Odo uh, slips under uh, Tanaka's, uh, presumably Tanaka's uh, tracker, yes. GPS tracker, um, that had been planted in Odo's taxi. He plants it with the money. And, so, and it was planted by Ishihara? Is that her name? Or, well, Mitsuya. Well, the the it might have been the doppelganger Mitsuya. No, I thought it was the calico. It's, it wasn't the calico that planted no, it. No, no. Oh, okay. It was the other one, the one that likes fried chicken. It wasn't Mitsuya. It was um, Yuki. Yeah, whatever her name is, Mi- I I, Mizu- have, I don't have it down. Me, me, something Yuki. I've been listening to. So they recently released the the full album of uh, mm. Mystery Kiss, which is really just the two songs but they have a whole bunch of different versions of it. Oh, nice. And so they've got like the original version of uh, Nami Nami, I can't say it. Nami Mani Kiss? Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. (laughs) Nami Mani Kiss. Um, So they've got that, the the normal version. Then they've got one that's called the indie version where apparently the girl who voices the the dead girl Mm. is the backup vocalist. So they've got the, 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 yeah. Nice. Anyway, and then they've got versions with each of them solo versions, basically. Oh, wow. So each of the, the all four of them, in fact. So the dead girl, the replacement girl, the calico girl, and the uh, Rui. Mm. Um, anyway. I know Ichimura is the calico. Oh, is that and what I her know, name is? Okay. And I know Mitsuya is the original Russian blue or whatever she is. Right. Um, but and I, I don't know Yuki, the name. It's Yuki not something. Miku. It's Miu or something like that. I don't know. It's here, and I will find it because I remember that when we were looking at it before, it didn't have Mitsuya on our character sheet. Uh, yeah, Yuki Mia. Mia, Yuki yeah. Mia. Yuki is her first name. Okay. Mia. So she's the replacement for Mitsuya. Yes. When they incor- started to incorporate masks, because she was killed. Yeah. By, Either that, or we that's don't know the. Who yet. I mean, maybe that's the voice actress's name. I actually don't know. I don't know how to read a, the sheet that I printed out. Anyway. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think that's probably accurate. Okay. Um, but yes, so so Odo had planted, had, tra- had moved that GPS tracker from his taxi into, uh, you know, the uh, the black van that, yes. uh, which is a similarly looking van to what Yano had. I don't know if yeah. that was intentional on Dobu's part, or if they just happened to both get inconspicuous looking black vans. Yeah, or they're very common vans or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, and so. Um, yes. So when they return from getting the, the sole briefcase, uh, the the one remaining briefcase for, that Yano had, you know, um, had gotten, not realizing that they were mostly counterfeit. Right. Um, they get back and oh man, like they show this scene like right as they're about to arrive in the car. I, I presumably um, they show Tanaka and he's mm. not wearing the mask. Mm. His eyes are very wide. It looks like he hasn't slept in about a week. Yeah, and there's this sa- this perfect music cue that plays of just this, you know, almost like a you know a 
you know, a dramatic modern trailer, you know, for a triple A movie you would hear, but it's just like, you know, this whole like droning, um, uh, Mm. sort of, uh, dissonant sound. uh, And it just works so well. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, they're leading up to this. Like this is going to happen eventually, but no, it's like right then they turn the corner, the van's there, Tanaka's standing right there. And, uh, and all this, uh, stuff plays out. And this, this was the, for me, the best scene of the, um, maybe one of the best scenes of the show, but one of the best scene of this episode for sure. Mm. Um, so very tense. Uh, and so, um, Odo pulls up in the taxi, Dobu gets out first, you know, they, you know, <laughs> Odo's kind of like, you, you want to handle this? Uh, and so, uh, Dobu, uh, gets out and he's like, you know, well, they, I mean, they do have the discussion where, so Dobu's isn't, uh, Dobu isn't afraid of Tanaka having the gun yes, because he actually counts the shots, right? He's and it like, was his oh, gun. He shot these in the, the club or whatever, right? Yeah. This many shots in then the club. He shot one through the window and mm-hmm. one into your car. And then, I and then he, and then he himself got shot in the leg or whatever. Right. Which um, was only five. So there's some, something else that I'm forgetting about, but uh, yeah. anyway, he counts them and he says, yeah, six shots have been fired. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe the gun wasn't fully loaded. Cause it was, it, he's, he, which, which throws us back to something that showed earlier in this yes. episode. <laughs> well, and he's convinced that uh, it's his gun that Tanaka has, right? Yeah. So he's, he's firmly convinced of this. And, well, and, and he looks out and he sees it and he says, yeah, that's my gun. Yeah. But it's at a distance, you know, it's not, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's not, uh, um, I'm trying to allude to something that you had, had discovered, uh, which I think is accurate. Um, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, and, okay. <laughs> earlier in an earlier episode right um but uh yeah so they have this whole confrontation and basically dobu is talking to tanaka trying to get to the bottom of like what he wants like at first he's like you have a beef with me and he's like no it's the driver and he's like dobu's essentially like well you i'm pretty sure you shot at me so like you know it's you know we're kind of entangled at this point he's like that's my gun and plus you shot me and then tanaka says well the taxi driver Odo took something very important from me and I just want an apology at this point. I, nothing I don't even satisfy. remember what it is. I don't remember what was taken from me. I think he says something like that. Like, yeah. But I think he knows, but yeah, he's just so like far gone that like, and he, 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 I like this aspect too, because he's a gamer, especially like mobile games. And he, he's thinking this as a game, right? Like, mm. he, like he's been pursuing his enemy as if it were a video game. Um, and he's kind of approaching it that way, but he literally says, like, I don't think anything will satisfy me, but an apology is kind of all I want at this point. Um, and so Odo gets out of the cab um, kind of begrudgingly, but um, it's so funny to me. Like, he doesn't immediately apologize. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, what, right. what is this? And so uh, very, you know, the, Tanaka becomes very angry. He's like, you almost ran me over. Uh, with your car and I, you know, my cell phone, you know, was ruined. And then there's this whole, like, you know, Odo's like, you know, your cell phone, like, you know, and, and, and Tanaka's like, don't give me this whole like lecture crap about, you know, about young people being attached to their cell phones. Like you, you don't understand. And which truly he doesn't like it was. Yeah. Uh, and then he brings up this, uh, oh yes. Okay. Now that I'm jumping ahead of myself. Yep. And so Odo finally, swallows his pride he walks around he's just you know in his head you can tell like he's like okay i'm gonna i'll just give it up i will apologize like i did i kind of vaguely remember this maybe and i will apologize for you know almost running you over Mm -hmm. Uh, i was probably in a hurry but that's no excuse it's a bad 
bad taxi driver move. And so he goes to, you know, do the Japanese bow, you know, the formal apology. Mm -hmm. And as he bows, the Donraku eraser that was given to him by um, um, Shirakawa. Shirakawa in the very first episode and is, is crucial to Tanaka's uh, backstory, uh, tumbles out of his, uh, his front shirt pocket uh, onto the floor, you know, as he goes to dip down. Such a natural, like it just happens so fluidly. Mm-hmm. And Tanaka immediately recognizes that he picks picks it up, and he's like, "How do you have this?" And uh, he's already distraught and over, you know, underslept as we as you established. Uh, but then at that moment, Dobu recognizes the eraser as well. I was like, "How did you have that, Otokawa? I gave that to Shirakawa." And it escalates this whole thing of uh, of Tanaka being like, "Well, how did you have it?" Uh, to, right. To and there's like that whole username thing as well. Yeah, Ditch Eleven was the yeah. uh, and he spells it out. Ichi Ichi Ichi. And for some reason, Ichi hyphen Ichi Ichi. <laughs> and for some reason, um, Dobu plays dumb, like he's just trying to hand wave it. But then it turns out that that really was him. Yeah. And he really was the person that uh, ripped him off. Yeah, for a hundred thousand or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And the the reason he got you know got his ass beat by his dad, and and and. As we already know, it's the crux of why, you know, what he blames his whole life on. Yeah. Like his whole life has unfolded in a, in a haphazard way that uh, he, you know, he blames all of it on that. And so like he's at this point ready to shoot uh, Dobu mm-hmm. uh, once he realizes that this and then he does so. <laughs> he shoots right. him in the gun. Dobu's like, eh, you don't have any bullets left. Eh, and then, yeah, gets shot. Yep. Anyway, back to the thing I was saying earlier about the thing earlier that references the, the, the bullets in the gun. So there's this shot of like inside a police station where we've got these police officers talking. Yes, yes. Yeah, and they're saying, oh yeah, he, apparently he's in hiding because he lost his gun or something. And we don't know who they're talking about. We can figure it out if we think about it. But, uh, and then one of them says something like, oh, well, what if he, what if he didn't actually use it? What if he actually fired it? And, or what if he didn't lose it? What if he actually fired it? And they're like, no, no, he's too much of a wussy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, which cues, clues us into who the shot was that, that shot Dobu because we know. And I'm thinking little Daimon. That's where I'm going. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Yes. And so that, and, and you had posted, if anyone who follows our Twitter, uh, but you had posted a... Uh, All four of you. <laughs> yeah, right. You had posted uh, a, a shot-by-shot comparison from this show um, yeah. of two different guns. Yeah. The gun that shot Dobu in the leg and the right. gun that Tanaka stole. Right. Um, are two different guns. Yes. And two very distinctly different looking guns. Yeah. But then that calls into question, like... Because like Do- Dobu was so cons- to- so convinced of the number of bullets left, and so you presume that um, Tanaka had a different gun, not Dobu's gun, right? No, if you look That's at that, I was thinking. If you look at the hands in the side by side comparison, yeah. um, Unless Tanaka like suddenly put on gloves for some reason, yeah, um, that makes sense. But but that's my that's my question though is like why would you know, it would make sense to me that Dobu would miscount the bullets thinking it was his gun if it wasn't his gun, you know? Well, he, he knows someone shot him and he knows that the... Um, oh, I see, I see. The kid earlier was shooting at them. That's right, okay. 
but he didn't he maybe didn't get a real good look at the gun that shot him so he's counting the bullet that shot him that he assumes is from tanaka yes and so that is not present in his math like Correct. there's still a bullet yeah. left that he, he counted six because one of those is the one that shot him yeah. on the wharf but it wasn't that gun and it wasn't tanaka that shot him on yeah. the wharf it was a little diamond. So he was, it was kind of his foolish mistake since his plan had gone so well. He was so mm. convinced that like that he was scot free. Yeah. He was going to get away with it and he was going to best Yano and get all the money. Mm -hmm. But this Tanaka business uh, got in his way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So back to where we were in the story. <laughs> yes. Dobu gets shot by Tanaka. Tanaka runs off screaming. Oh my God. And I love that scene. Um, and this is two episodes this week of, uh, if you listen to my cover uh, coverage on those Snow White notes, uh, somebody had a <laughs> panic attack and just Screaming screamed. breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was done more effect. It was done effectively in both, but more effectively in this, where it's just like, you realize that like, yeah, that, that's why I was tying into uh, um, Tanaka viewing this as a game. Cause they really mm. pushed that. Yeah, and yeah. like that just like drove it home of like he does not understand what the fuck he's doing like he's right, just right. shooting like <laughs> he thinks it's a game like he is so right. like deluded until until he shot him and yeah. then he's like oh my god and ah the reality hits ah, him ah, <laughs> yeah until and presumably still screaming off screen like yeah so yeah. we can't hear him anymore no um anyway and uh Dobu's like, oh, you got to take me to, it says to Otakawa, oh, you got to take me to this doctor I know. He'll fix me up. And Otakawa basically says, get fucked. Yeah, which I also <laughs> have to tie this into, we keep doing things out of order. But when, mm. when, when, when Odo picks him up after getting the final briefcase, um, picks Dobu up, mm. Odo starts acting like they don't know each other. Like he's got his dash cam there and he's right. like, he's acting like it's just another fair. Like, oh, I'm going to take you to your place. And, and Dobu sees right through That's it. That's true, yeah. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? And then he like, you know, he's like, you know, this isn't going to work. I'm taking your dash cam data. And like, if you try anything, I will kill, you know, Shir I'll do you something to Shirakawa. And yeah. He's like, what will you do? I'll kill her. And he's like, and then Dobu's just kind of like, oh, I forgot you were that kind of guy. You know, <laughs> like we got we had gotten too close. Um, and so, yeah, this, yeah, all culminates in, in when Dobu's dying, Otakawa's just like, well, you had it coming and I'm out, like, essentially. Yeah, go to a normal hospital. And then uh, Otakawa digs around in Dobu's pockets, finds the keys to the van, puts them under the van, and then calls Tanaka and says, or hey, Imai. where are you? Oh, right, Imai, sorry. Yeah. Why would he call Tanaka? <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Hey, remember that guy you shot? Are you still screaming? <laughs> ah! Um, yes, calls Emi and says, hey, where are you? Uh, we'll come to this, you know, car park. Uh, and then, you know, the police will probably be here when you get here. So just act natural. Go and reach act under this. Yeah. Yeah. Reach <laughs> under this van, grab the keys, get in it and drive away. It's got your money in it. Total, na totally natural. Yeah, totally natural. Um, and Emi's like, Okay. He's yes. like, yeah, and don't, you know, take a cab because your money's in the car, so you'll be able to pay them when you get there. So, yeah, totally natural. Arrive in a cab, reach under the van, get keys, open a briefcase in the back of the van to take money out to pay for the cab. And I, I, all the meanwhile, Emai had already said during this phone call that he doesn't have any money. <laughs> like, right, right, he's, yeah. He's literally, like, broke. Yeah, um, that's why he's walking. He, yeah. He's not, yeah. 
So it's like, okay. Um, but then right as this phone call is ending, Yano and the polar bear uh, henchmen uh, show up in a different car than than the van that was... Oh, no, they're in the cop car. In the police car, That's yeah. right. So we learned that they stole the, the cop car, but I love how they frame that because it's like... Because you're thinking like, oh, wow, like Dobu's plan went, you know, without a hitch until they were confronted with Tanaka. Everything went awry. Dobu's now dying and will likely die unless, you know, unless, you know, he's saved soon enough. Uh, and Odo's able to, you know, not only set up, you know, get Imai his money back, but is able to get away. But then at the last second, they show up and yeah. it's like, oh, shit. Uh, and that's not the final uh, cliffhanger, but that's, that's the last we see of, uh, of Odo and his situation. And then we see how they got the cop car. Well, we don't see the actual events that happened, but we see that Big Daimon got the crap beat out of him. Um, little Daimon shows up to pick him up and basically says, hey, big bro, I know you're a piece of crap that's working for Dobu, and uh, I'm going to arrest you, but that's not important right now because we need to go catch the scum that did this to you. Um, and yeah. so they set off to go find Yano and uh, and his gang. I and, I, and I did appreciate that scene. Like little Daimon is so conflicted. Like there's one part where he says, "Like I can never forgive you," and then he's like, "No, I can forgive you. You're my brother." But the the you know, the law will never forgive you, mm. uh, though I wish it could. You know, he's just so like he cares about his brother so much, but he cares about justice also. Yeah, and there equally. was also what was with the keychain? Did you get that? I feel like I need to watch that again. I actually watched, the, I watched the episode today and I oh. rewatched it right after I finished because I was like, I, there's a lot that happened. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, from what I understood that the, the keychain was something he received from like paying off his debt from being, um, from being like from that, the two of them being raised parentless because yeah. there was some taxi incident where their parents were killed or something. I don't know if we have all the the details on that. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but there's some there's some horrific accident that happened and there was some debt that had to be paid and that was like a that was like symbolic of that debt and he had received that from the boss. Right. From from Dobu's bo- from Dobu and Yano's boss, whoever right, right. that is. Um, because he was the one that had sponsored them after their parents had died or something like that. Something right? like that. Or yeah, he, he had had a part in paying that debt maybe. And yeah. yeah, had, and, and they, you know, he, you know, the big diamond felt indebted to them. So that's why he helped Dobu, you know, do his thing. Um, which is interesting that, you know, given the context of Dobu, like kind of like being against Yano and like, <laughs> you know, interfering with his business, that little Di- or big diamond was helping Dobu, do that you know so that you would you would you would consider that in the scheme of things against the boss like it's infighting like essentially right yeah um but yeah so i that's what i got from that so it was like he was like i didn't want to tell you that because you know tell my brother that because uh you know your strong sense of justice you wouldn't forgive me and here we are and uh but yeah like you said it ends with you know um little diamond helping big diamond up and being like we're gonna go get this guy go get yano Yeah, yeah let's do this um, and so that's the, that's the cliffhanger. I did want to mention a couple things because that whole scene, like we kind of, we were just kind of explaining everything that happened, but like that whole scene with Dobu, when, once the Don Raku eraser falls out, I love it because, you know, that whole scene is so intense. But then when we get to the kernel of the truth that, that Dobu really was that person that caught mm-hmm. him out of the money, 
We're yeah. not only getting like resolution of um, of uh, Tanaka's story, but of this whole eraser and the 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 path that it took, right? And the fact that Dobu is the unwittingly, you know, even though he's this gangster guy, he you know unwittingly was part of you know the whole motivation of this guy trying to kill Otokawa. I don't. It ties so many. That one scene ties so many things together mm-hmm. and resolves them in such a way that is in like tense but satisfying. Like yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Like it was very well done. Yeah, I mean they've been setting it up for the whole season, obviously since yeah. episode one, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, just really well written. Yes, so good. And I guess the only thing we didn't get to is there's a scene. Um, you you had, well, you you had referenced it where there's the two cops talking about the gun, you know, yeah. we think is little diamond, right? And then that leads to us seeing Don Raku at the doctor's office or whatever, right? Yeah, or yeah, waiting for yeah, waiting to be seen or something. Yeah, something like that. And so he is the ins- he's like some sort of popular figure, right? And he's the inspiration for this eraser where there was only one so- officially sold of it, right? Um, so that, it 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 ties all that together. But then, like, he... So the way I understand it with the whole Mitsuya, talking about the mystery kiss thing, is that Mitsuya was the original uh, Russian blue, like, cat that, you know, mm-hmm. was, you know, part of this group, right? Mm-hmm. That was killed. Mm-hmm. And, but she... She was friends with the daughter of the boss, mm-hmm. that is Yano and Dobu's boss, right? Yeah. And And... Mitsuya's dad is Don Raku. Seems that way. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to tie these things together. Like we still haven't been confirmed who is the boss. Um, right. We've seen that baboon character or or whatever he is. Um, not Don Raku, but that other char- maybe he's not a baboon. Don Don Raku is a mandrel, I think. So. Yeah, a mandrel. Yeah, but we've seen this other character in like the bathhouse and stuff or sauna. Uh, that the, the taper. Oh yeah, the, yeah the taper yeah. Okay. And I, I've, 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 uh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot what animal he was, but I have speculated that maybe he's the boss. I mean, he's covered in tattoos, right? So yeah, we can so assume. Kinda, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of there. So I don't know if that's true or not, or maybe he's just another like uh, uh, a yeah. part of that organization. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I the the next episode preview showed all the characters that we that didn't get resolutions in this episode. We saw each member of Mystery Kiss. We saw Shirakawa in this preview. Uh, we mm. saw Kakihana. So I'm, I'm, mm. I'm very curious. Like, what the heck's gonna happen? Like in this next one? Like, how? Yeah. I mean, we have one episode left, but like, they, they're still loose ends that need to be resolved. What else was that I just thought of? Oh yeah, you said you were talking about Don Raku, and I remembered that during the scene with uh, Tanaka and Odo and Dobu, there's some discussion about. Um, Donraku being friends with the boss, and that's essentially how uh, Dobu explains he got the eraser. Is oh, yes. I got it from the boss, and then Tanaka's thinking, well, there's only one that's ever been released, but maybe there were others that were made. If he's friends with you know someone who's friends with Donraku, it could have be another one or something. I don't know. It yeah, was, yeah. It was it a was... whole other layer of of stuff that was just sort of thrown in there, which it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really matter, but it was just like. So much stuff. And I, I actually liked in that moment that Tanaka was like trying to think critically about it. Like, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't the same Don Raku eraser, you know, yeah, like he wasn't just one. jumping to conclusions and be like, you bastard. Right. Like he was actually trying to think through it. Okay. There, if, yeah. if he has a connection with Don Raku, there could be a chance that this was not the one that was sold. And 
and all that. Yeah. But um, then he gets onto the username and he shows the phone with the picture of the user to yeah. Otokawa, who has immediate, <laughs> uh, you know, recognition of who the person in the photo is, even though they're all silhouetted. And when even Dobu is like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. You can do that, huh? Yeah, like, that's clearly me. <laughs> I totally play that game. Like, I'm not sure why I lied, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the only, I was trying to get this to this, but the only thing, we, other scene we didn't mention is with the, uh, homo sapiens. Oh uh, yeah. The comedian duo. They, they do to the, this live performance yeah. that goes awry. Yes. Um, I don't know how much we need to get into that, I guess, I know. but, but you I, know, yeah. I imagine it's going to tie to something in the next episodes. So I feel like it was worth mentioning, but and giraffe kids in the crowd and like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's still so many, there's so many little threads flailing about. Yeah. But, but essentially uh, the older walrus, I forget his name, but the, the older guy in the, is he a walrus? Uh, the older guy, or maybe he's like a boar or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. But the older guy in the uh, group kind of has like oh. a meltdown during it and just goes off on uh, on Baba, I remember mm. his name, uh, and basically like is just like, I regret teaming up with you. I regret tracing my dreams. I regret being a comedian. Mm. And it's in front of this whole crowd and, and it kind of ends like that scene ends uh, abruptly. So I assume it's going to, that's going to have some sort of, rep, you know, repercussions. Yeah, how that relates to everything, I I don't know. Yeah, speculation. We've got got one episode left. Like, (laughs) there's a lot left out there waiting to come together, and I have faith that they can do it. But I think there might still be some things that are not completely resolved. Like they might tie in a little bit, but they're you know. Well, it's like with the Shirakawa thing. Like, like we we were really hung up on like the last time we saw her, she just somehow knew where Otokawa was, right. even though it was like in a very remote spot of a like construction site. Right. Um, and so that's like stuff like that. Is that going to be resolved? Like, yeah, I, I, I want to have faith in this show that I mean, it's enough. It's enough episodes ago that we've probably forgotten about it by now. So probably oh. not, but eh, maybe, I don't know. I bring it up regardless, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's so many ways it could still go. And that's what I love about this show is like, mm. it's been so entertaining and, and fun watching. And so uh, the I'm, last episode is, yeah, I'm trying to think of what they could do in the last episode that would make this bad. Like, how would it end badly? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess they could all get together and just have a picnic, and like, there's no like. That tension sounds nice, at all. though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds peaceful, but yeah. kind of uh, uh, off-brand for this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> but I, no, I really, truly feel like they have a a concrete roadmap of what they're doing, and so yeah. I, I have I have complete faith. Um, I will be shocked if they somehow fumble this uh, finale. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine it either. I that's what I, I was trying to think of, like what they could do that would really ruin it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They could just totally do a powder episode and like you know, like a beach, the beach episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Umi, Umi Dayo. Let's break open some watermelons, Gallagher style. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna yeah. They, I'm hyped and it, this show has me hyped. It has both of us, I think. And, mm. uh, it's, uh, it only ha it has to deliver. Like it has to, there's yeah. no other way. I mean, there's still a possibility that they leave it open for more episodes as well. We're still not even sure about that, but you know, and I wouldn't mind a little threads left so open here. Semi open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We still want it closed quite yeah. a bit, but you know, yeah, you could leave some intrigue for, yeah. for a potential, like that's always classy. I think yeah. to have a little bit there hanging. Yeah. Not too open, just a little bit. You yeah. Know. 
Um, all right. Well, so that's <laughs> Odd Taxi. Um, we'll probably talk about it even longer next episode. Yeah. Well, good thing there will be less shows to talk about uh, next episode that we're doing these shows. Indeed. Um, but we're not to that yet because next up is Megalobox 2 Nomad. And that leads me to Megalobox, <laughs> uh, which is a fantastic show. This is the second to last episode, uh, otherwise known as Penultimate. And <laughs> I don't have much to say. It's a good episode. It's a, it's a really great show. I mean, it's, it's a good, I mean, overall, it's a really great season. I'll say that. Uh, this season has been excellent. Um, but this one, um, not too much happens. I mean, it just sets up the events of what's going to come, you know. It's a bit of a connective tissue episode, uh, as I would like to call it. But Joe starts his training. Um, he's having health issues, but he's doing fine now. So he's starting the training. Training and, under, what's his name? Uh, under, um, um, what's his name? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but he's training under that guy. Yuri. Yes. Yuri, which is the person he fought in the, at the end of the first season yeah. in the Megalonia tournament. Uh, and, and, and there's a whole thing with him training this younger guy, Lou, um, and yada, yada. Uh, yeah, if you're following along, you know what I'm talking about. But um, so Joe starts his training, and I, I like how they approach it. Like, uh, Yuri is essentially like, we're going full defense. Like, we, you know, he's also on board with Joe not dying. <laughs> you know, like, we're like, and so Joe, like, he's like, he's like telling him, like, we're going full defense. And he's like, so what the heck? Like, you know, I'm just not going to hit at all. And, uh, and he's like, no, you're going to essentially wear out your opponent, um, you know, tire them out. And then rope a dope. Rope a dope. Is that a thing? Yeah. That's what I don't know if it was Muhammad Ali that coined the phrase or not. But uh, yeah, you just, you, you defense up, you take the punches, you let them wear themselves out punching you, and then you just throw them a haymaker. Yeah. Because you're all stored up. You haven't thrown any punches, really. You've just been taking yeah. blows. and You've conserved your energy. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're ready to go. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, and, uh, and they call it the rope-a-dope because usually you're up against the ropes um, mm, while, they're, okay. while they're beating on you and you're just protecting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So rope-a-dope. Yeah. I, you're teaching me things. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, like me getting into a boxing anime just on paper doesn't really click but like this right. <laughs> this show is really good um and so i've learned a lot about boxing and now you're teaching me even more so rope dope uh yes fits that entirely um and then they have like a scene where sachio it's kind of cool because uh, uh um joe is not going to go gearless as he often has in the past uh he's going to use chief's gear a rest in peace uh, who has passed and Chief uh, and his son, uh, who also died young, uh, but had made this gear together, designed it and whatnot. And so there's a scene you get with uh, this old this old man from who's from the first season, um, but he like you know is a mechanic and he can also mod gear and stuff. So he's working with Sachio. I think and... I remember him. He was early in the first season. I yeah, 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 I remember him. Yeah, you see him first episode, um, and 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 beyond. But yeah, he uh, so he uh, he's with Sachio and he has an apprentice, which is this girl who I didn't realize was a girl in the first season. They're all young, you know. Oh. Um, I just didn't, I didn't realize, but uh, she's a girl, uh, and I forget her name. I don't have it written down here, but uh, but she has been an apprentice of his, uh, the old the old guy, mechanic guy, and Sachio is kind of joining them to mod the gear, and so they they have this whole scene of like where, um the gear itself is made of like um like the inside of it is it's kind of designed very well to take a lot of hits you know so it kind of adds to that defense um uh tactic that they're going with 
but it's lined with uh, cow skin, uh, which is a little not. It's a little like too much for the Joe's build, is you know, is what they're talking about. And so Sashio comes up with the idea to how use deer skin. It's like a little softer, and thinner, it'll yeah. yeah, it's thinner and it'll mold better to uh, the Joe's build. Anyway, the scene itself was important because it shows Sashio, you know, assisting Joe. Although Joe isn't in this scene, but it's for Joe, you know. So it's right. like it's it's done so well, I think, in the sense that like you know he's not going to be so obviously helping Joe at this moment uh, in front of him. <laughs> you know, I keep, I mean, in your descriptions of Sachio throughout this season, I keep thinking that he's very like sundere towards Joe, and a it, little it, bit. It's just sounding more and more like it as you describe it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to help you, but I mean, I'll help you as long as you don't know about it. But that's uh, a good description. I mean, I think he, he definitely is coming around like more and more, but like in this, in this, yeah, in this, uh, I mean, in this season and leading up to this point, um, he's definitely been like that Sundari, like, but I don't, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Like, it doesn't seem like a like character, like stereotype where it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense because like he, he doesn't have a family, Joe and chief or not chief. Joe and coach Nanbu were his family mm-hmm. and the coach is gone, of course, as we know. Um, and, uh, and Joe betrayed him, you know, Joe left him, uh, even though he told him to leave, but he was just a kid. Right. So it's like, I, I love that whole aspect of like, he's juvenile, he's insecure, he's emotional, but he's also very proud. Um, but at the same time, he wants to have that family dynamic. And Joe is such a part of that at this point. And he's been missing him for so long, but been mad at him at the same time. And so now that he's come back around, he's proved himself. He's re- rebuilt the, uh, the um, you know, the uh, dojo or what have you, uh, the, pra- you know, practice space or whatever. Jim. Jim, yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> Thank you. You're always there for me. Uh, I know words. I know a couple of them. <laughs> I know the best I, words. I can't, I can't remember the words that I want to say, but I can remember the words that you want to say <laughs> every think, time. I think sometimes I help you out with a word or two. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Jim, that complicated word. <laughs> gymnasium. Gymnasium. Joe has proved himself, <laughs> right? But like, it's not, and it makes so much sense to me that it wouldn't just immediately win Sachio over. So it's been this slow thing because he has this pride. Um, but anyway, he's coming around. Uh, and he's helping in this in this way. Yeah, I mean that's sort of the the central to me anyway. This is sort of the central thing of this season is the Joe Saccio redemption, you yes. know, of that. Like that's that's the thing I'm most looking forward to seeing mm. come together. I guess. Yeah. Or not seeing, but hearing about. I guess. Yes. <laughs> and I'm I, not watching it. And I I predict that uh, this last. The final episode will uh, will have something with that, you know. Um, but oh, yo, Sachio! Sachio! Sorry, I was trying to do yo, Adrian, but say Sachio instead. So it didn't quite work. The bulk of the episode <laughs> is actually uh, involving Mac, um, which is mm. going to be Joe's opponent. Uh, he's the one that beat Lou most recently and put him in critical care, and he's also the one that uh, is the victim of uh, of uh, some crazy evil robot corporation. Or yes, whatever you want to call it evil medical corporation, I guess. Yeah, and he's having uh, some crazy side effects from that, which put him at odds with his family. And in uh, the end of last episode, he had kind of you know he was kicked out of his house because it just escalated. And he had, well, he actually he was reading a book to his son that has been. Uh, um, brought up many times and it's this book about it's a storybook about this hummingbird this tale of this hummingbird and a nomad who who uh, uh interact and they nomad yeah 
So, uh, but the hummingbird um, has been um, is a symbol that's on Chief's gear as well, uh, and it's a it's a it's a very strong symbol in the show. And this episode um, does much to like round out not only the storybook like tale of of what the hummingbird and the nomad are. Like it, we we hear the ending of that story, which is essentially the hummingbird like sings a song for the nomad, and the nomad says, "I've lost everything." Um, you know, he's just kind of annoyed trying to swat away at the hummingbird and, and eventually gets to a point where like he's in despair. The nomad's like, I've lost everything. I have nothing. And the, the hummingbird says, no, you have legs to walk and you have eyes to see and you, you have all these things, you know, you're, you're not without nothing. And you've got this annoying hummingbird that follows you around everywhere. <laughs> yes. But then that we learn that we learn in this episode at the end of that story, the hummingbird is dying and the nomad walks, uh, is walking past the hummingbird. But instead of just continuing on, the, humming, the nomad actually stops, you know, after all the interactions they've had and, and, and says, sing for me one last time, hummingbird. And, and the hummingbird, uh, well, they have, uh, I forget what happened in the order that, in which they happened, but uh, the hummingbird, um, they have one last uh, interaction of like the, the, the nomad saying like, all right, I have my, I can walk, I have my legs, I have my sight, and I have, you know, all these like basic functions. But outside of that, I've lost everything. You know, the people I love, you know, my community, um, everything. And, uh, and the hummingbird, I forget exactly what the hummingbird says, but the whole point is that, like, you still have, oh, no, this is what the hummingbird says. You still have a past to regret. You have a future to take to make a choice. And you have, or no, you have a present, sorry. You have a past to regret. You have a present to make a choice. And you have a future that is unknown. Uh, and these, you know, so that, those are the hummingbird's last dying words. And before the hummingbird dies, the uh, I jumped ahead of myself, but the nomad says, "Can you sing for me one last time?" And the uh, the hummingbird um, dies; it does not sing. And then the nomad walks off, uh, sort of humming or whistling the uh, the song of the hummingbird. Hmm. Um, and so this is the story. And so this tie, I love it because it ties not only into Mac and his son, uh, but it ties into uh, Joe and his whole arc in this season, um, hmm. and also to Chief to a lesser extent. Um, but, uh, but with Mac, what we see is that in the end of last episode, he had confronted, uh, the, you know, Sakuma, the, the medical, you know, evil medical, uh, corporation guy, yeah. uh, who's essentially just using him as a pawn. Um, and that went to no avail. Like he was essentially like, you know, your son, you know, was saved because of me. Like, what are you going to do about it? And so he's just left in, des- in despair. And the first half of his story in this episode, he's just like, Drinking heavily, drinking hard out, hard liquor, whiskey, and uh, and just wasting away. He's like in an alley, and like um, he can't escape the ghosts of his past. And then it escalates to the point where he's like passed out in a car, and a cop comes up and knocks on the window. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he's just being kind of a dick about it because he used to be a cop. Mm-hmm. And then his old partner uh, uh, also comes up and is like, "Hey, what's going on here?" He's like, "Oh, Mac, I know you." And so they kind of have a heart to heart conversation and. There's a there's a busker that's playing guitar, um, plays this like uh, it's actually the ending theme to the show, oh. which is really good. It's a sort of like um, flamenco esque ballad, mm. um, very beautiful. I Mabanua uh, makes uh, does the soundtrack for both seasons of Megalobox, and I can't wait for the season to be released on Spotify. It's so good. But anyway, in, in context of this scene, he hears this song, um, kind of amidst talking to these cops and reminiscing and whatnot. And they're telling him like, you're a hero and you know, we look up to you and all this. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but he kind of feels something and he kind of, he has a, a, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, about what's really important. And it brings him back to his son, you know, like I'm being too selfish. I need, you know, his life 
no matter the no matter the circumstances of why I'm alive and he's alive, because there's this whole like quid pro quo thing with that the evil corporation guy proposed to the wife of Mac uh, was like because um, we got a little more information on that like leading up to max incident the yeah. son needed a transplant yeah. and they didn't let, have one we'll for fix, him we'll fix your son but let us do an experiment on your husband yes yeah. even though your husband would probably be fine with just like extensive physical therapy yeah. um and so anyway mac accepts in this moment accepts all that and realizes what's important and so he ends up going back home and uh, and the wife is you know She's very, you know, she was kind of distraught about everything. And she was on the verge of calling uh, Shirato Corporation, who's, uh, uh, who had reached out to her because they're concerned about what's going on with the Roscoe, the evil medical corporation, mm. because they had teamed up with them. Yeah. Uh, but she refrains from doing that. Um, and uh, Matt comes home, and it's like, you know, everything's kind of better, even though he still has, you know, seemingly still going to have his outbursts and stuff. Um, but anyway, um, and then this, uh, this leads up to the, uh, to the match. And uh, I liked that. Uh, it's like they got all the intro stuff out of the way. So once this next episode starts, it's gonna just be the match. Mm. And um, and it's a boxing show. It's right. So it's like I get excited about these matches, but it's not just because oh I love boxing. Uh, it's because everything is built up to it. Like all the character interactions, all the motivations, um, mm-hmm. um, all the emotions in it is uh, is so uh, is, everything's geared for this and. It's like, oh yeah, you would you would imagine that a boxing anime season would end with a big boxing match. Yeah. But it's it's been done so well and I can't wait for it. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't think people watch Haikyuu because they love volleyball. No, that's true. People don't that's watch true. Yakumo because they're really into, you know, pottery. I mean, some people would like to watch Yakumo because <laughs> they're interested in pottery. Yeah. But it's more about the characters. Yes, of course. And uh, of course. some of those shows do really well with their character development, and some not as much. And some do well with the character development and incorporate it very nicely into whatever the hobby or sport mm. or, like, you know, backdrop is of it. Yeah. Uh, and to me, Megalobox, especially this season, uh, has done that uh, spectacularly. Like, mm. I, I'm so invested. I care so much. Um, and it's been heightened from the first season. So I, I couldn't ask for more. Like, I love it. Yeah. Um, speaking of care so much, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah, this is a nice. Is about to come down. At least we started this podcast <laughs> on two high notes. Now we can, yeah. uh, what do we get? Uh, now we're going to poop on Hickey Hero. Uh, after being rejected, I shaved and took it to high school and run away. All right. So. Last episode, Sayu and her brother and Yoshida all go back to Hokkaido um, where uh, Sayu's mom, Sayu and her brother's mom is. And uh, so they get there and, you know, Sayu's mother just like slaps her because she's been embarrassed by um, the fact that Sayu ran away, basically. Anyway, and uh, in this episode, we get a little bit more... uh, I mean, I wouldn't really call it depth, but we get a little, a few more reaffirmations that her mother is just a very sort of stock bad person character. Mm. Um, her mom just basically sucks. Um, anyway, but the the power of Yoshida begging her mother not to be mean anymore works a miracle and uh, whatever, fuck this show. Uh, parental advisory uh, <laughs> for any young listeners out there uh unfortunate i mean I, I i've been listening to you talk about the show each week and it's kind of been on a very 
steady, slow and steady decline. Mm, accelerated. Accelerated. Recently, yeah, oh, yeah. recently, it's, yeah. It's, it's logarithmic. But I'm just thinking about like <laughs> over the course of this whole season. You've... Yeah, yeah. I started off like kind of lukewarm on it maybe. Like it was like, I wasn't sure about it when I first started it. It was like, mm. it was okay. And like the concept was interesting enough and I wanted to see how it was going. I was worried, worried that they were going to do things that I didn't want them to do. And they didn't do those things. And then it got a little bit better and we actually got some actual character drama and, you know, like the interactions between the characters were actually pretty great. And then it started pouring on this really fake melodrama mm. crap. Um, and that's what they've been doing for the last several episodes. And it's, so it's gone from like a five in the beginning to a six for a little while and then back down to a five. And now it's like to a four and Damn. maybe even a three by the time I watch the next episode, which I was going to say that I'm dropping this show, but um, I went on uh, the internet and read spoilers uh, posted by people that have read the light novels. So I know how it's going to end, but I'm curious if the anime, uh, how the anime parallels that, if that's going to be exactly the same or not. So I'm going to watch the, the last episode, despite the fact that this show is garbage. You're going to have to hate watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just hoping I'm I I think yeah, I mean I'm going to hate watch it because what I'm <laughs> hoping for is that I can't say it because it, it it's spoilers. Yeah. Um but I mean it's something you've been dreading since the beginning. That's even saying too much, I think. But But then it's too obvious, right? I mean <laughs> Um yeah, so the light novel ends in a certain way. And I think the anime is going to probably not end. It's going to end with the same idea, but they're going to, I just, I can't say any is of this, this. Is this supposed to be adapting the entire entirety of the light novel or is just the end of this arc? I actually don't know. I don't know if there's more after this oh, okay. in, in the light novel. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, I think it is. I think, I think the light novel is over at, after this. So it's wow. in, in da adapting the entirety of the, the light novel series. Wow. Um, I don't remember how many volumes it was, five or six or something. Well, despite you uh, wanting to drop it, I think it's probably fair that since there's one episode left that you just see it through and, uh, and give us your, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, there are no spoilers left to. Uh, yes, yes. Once I can't spoil anything, I can talk about it more freely yes and um, and just give it you know give it your honest yeah. opinion and uh yeah so it's just like it had promise i actually enjoyed the show at one point mm. and it's just been on a downhill trend and mm. accelerating downhill as well it's not like a, a smooth like downhill it's like you know getting steeper as we yeah, go plummeting and like yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. After next episode, it might be a three. Right now, it's a four, which is lower than it's ever been. And normally, I would just drop a show once it hits that point. But there's only one episode left, so whatever. I'm going to watch it. I've talked about it too much. Fair We're going to move on to better things, things that I love, and things that are over. So yes, alas, I say verily unto you, the saint's magic power is omnipotent has come to an end. <gasps> I know, it's very sad, actually. Mm. Um, it, it ends well. Um, I'll just go over the points in the story, which, you know, it's an Iyashi case, so it doesn't really matter or whatever. It's more about the feeling. Iyashi mm. <clears throat> romance. A little bit. Yeah. And, and it, you know, doesn't do much, uh, well, a little bit, a little bit. I don't know. Um, anyway, so 
after having been rescued, so they went into the forest and there were the slime monsters and like they were having some trouble and then the Grand Magus shows up and like incinerates the slime monsters, right? Um, so after the Grand Magus shows up, uh, the party decides to retreat momentarily to regroup and they go back to town and in town, saying the old lady, checking on the potted plants that say had cast her, um, uh, what are they calling it? The saint's blessing on. Um, and yeah, they're growing quite well. So, you know, whatever they did, I guess worked. And then the old lady says, hey, I've got this garden over here. You want to try it on this? A little bigger plot of land or whatever. And so Say does, and that all seems to go well as well, I guess. And the Grand Magus shows up and is jealous that Say has been working with this old lady and not keeping him informed and in the loop on uh, her progress with it. But he's impressed that she has sort of mastered the ability to um, use the power at will instead of it being somewhat random. Is he jealous because he like likes her or he's just like, no, no, that... he's, he's really interested in this power thing. Basically. Okay. Like yeah. he missed out. Like... Yeah. 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 He's like, what you're, why didn't you tell me about this? Why wasn't I invited to be here when you're experimenting with your power? Why didn't I know that uh, you now have more control over your power and you can cast it at will and stuff like that? Because they were working together before to try and figure it out, sort of. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not the sort of. It's not a romantic jealousy. It's a okay intellectual jealousy, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, so then uh, after that, he and the old lady are are talking a bit, and say is like, no, oh, these two are very like minded because they're both sort of discussing her power um i don't know not they're not really talking about her they're talking more about her power and stuff and then so they take her out to a farm basically with you know giant plot of land and say okay now do this (laughs) do this whole area and she's like uh okay (laughs) am i getting paid for this so she does and she's like really wiped out and worn out and, and talks with the grand magazine. He's like, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll get better. The more you use it, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it gets, the more powerful it gets. You'll be able to use it faster and stuff like that. Cause she still takes a while to be able to cast this conjuring because she has to just sit and think of the ice night until it happens. Basically is get all horny. what she does. Yeah, basically. Um, no, it's love, George. <laughs> oh, love, love. Sorry. I, I have to confuse <laughs> sex and love. Many people do, I think. Um, anyway, so after that, the knights and everyone head back into the forest to attempt to locate the source of the monsters and the slimes and stuff like that. It's this thing they call miasma, I think. Um, it's like this sort of dark force or whatever that settles into the lands. And anyway, the saint's magic power can wipe it out. And uh, so they go out in search of it so that they can wipe it out using Say's magic power. And uh, when they find it, they're kind of uh, on the back foot, surrounded by slimes attacking them from every direction. And uh, the Grand Magus has kind of been holding back because before the fight, Say was like, you know, don't use your like super ultimate fire move because you'll start a forest fire. Um, but anyway, they're on their back foot. So what does he have to do? He has to use his super powerful fire. You know, just big start a forest fire. Flames coming out of the ground everywhere. And yeah, he does start a forest fire, but it gives Say enough time to uh activate her conjuring her uh uh what did i call it the saint's blessing thing oh, okay and uh and she's able to wipe out the swamp and it also puts out the forest fire and everything but the forest is already you know like half burnt and destroyed because of all the fighting that's going on and this mm. big fire thing and uh say sort of feels 
bad and wants to fix things. So she, you know, summons it forth again to essentially heal the forest. And, uh, and she does. And the forest like regrows like trees and everything, like everything just like regrows the way it was before. And then she passes out because she used way too much magic power doing that. Um, and then she awakes and finds the ice knight is carrying her. And, uh, you know, we get a little, um, sweet little tender moment there, I guess. Have they um, kissed? No. Oh, okay. Um, and she still hasn't even really admitted that she has feelings for him. Like that's sort of a thing they play with is like, she's using her love for him to cast this, uh, blessing saint's blessing thing but she still doesn't want to tell him that because i don't know i don't know why she's just afraid to admit her feelings even though it's very clear that he's into her too um and you know that's like that's that's the greatest um like they've been doing this for decades with tv shows and everything else right like yeah he's very clearly into her she's very clearly into him but neither of them is sure about it so we get that conflict in the middle right of uh well, it's like, will they, won't they kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's well done in this, in this, um, you know, sort of like, oh, that's a dated reference. Moonlighting, if anyone's seen that show. Um, I loved it as a, as a youth, which is weird that I was watching that at the age that I was when that show came out. But um, you don't know that one? I, I'm, I, know, I know of it, but uh, there's some actor that debuted in that. Bruce Willis. Oh, okay, Bruce Willis, yes. I don't think it was necessarily his debut, but it was, okay. you know, one of the big things he did. Yeah. He had, he had done like Hudson Hawk before that, I think, but no idea what that is. It's a movie. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Bruce Willis is in that and, uh, some other people too, but anyway, it's, it's yeah. At the beginning, it's a whole, will they, won't they sort of thing. It's obvious that they're into each other and, you know, they milk that as much as they can. And then after a while, they, I don't know why I'm talking about that show. Let's get back to the same I mean, magic the power. Anime. Where it's like a will they, won't they sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they milk that as long as they can. And <laughs> The anime form of that is uh, <laughs> most works by Rumiko Takahashi, which we talked about. Ranma mm. one half. There's Inuyasha. There's My Sane Koku. There's uh, Odise Yatsura. They all have that will they, won't they, where it never commits. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, and it, it provides that drama and that tension. But, uh, yeah, not the release. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, some, some are more well done than others. I'm not going to comment <laughs> on any Rumiko stuff that yeah, maybe doesn't meet my standard. Um, <laughs> but this one, I think, is, is well done. And, uh, and then the counterplay between them is, is cute and sweet, I think. I did it for you. Yeah. It's, 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 I really like this show. Mm. Um, anyway, let's see. Where was I? She casts her blessing. Fire is burnt. It regrows the forest and she passes out passes out carried back to town uh, and then back in town um basically we get say saying goodbye to the old lady um as they prepare to return to the capital and then it's the end roll credits uh and then like post credits you see her in the ice night standing on a hill sort of overlooking the capital city which is where they're going back to um and they have just a, like a little conversation and uh it seems like so as they're leaving the old lady is explaining to um a guy a character that i haven't even mentioned but like a guy that hangs around her calls her grandma and stuff like that and who also seemed to sort of have a crush on say and the ice knight was kind of jealous of i didn't mention any of that because it wasn't really that important because i knew that wasn't going to happen it wasn't going anywhere anyway she says to him yes it's you know 
her magic power is great and wonderful, but it's a power that we all have inside of us because the saint's magic power is love. So she says that like first. Oh, okay. And then in this scene between the Ice Knight and Say, they're talking about like their future and like there'll be more expeditions and sort of like leaving it open for maybe doing more of it or something, right? Um, and then she says something like, you know, I, I, well, there's something else I have to tell you. The saint's magic power is, and then we don't hear what she says. We see her lips move. Yeah, maybe that's what she did. Maybe she said omnipotent. <laughs> She had the titular line and she got robbed. But yeah, we see her lips move, but we don't see what it is. So I'm assuming that she is now telling him that the saint's magic power is love. And maybe she's going to be confessing now that she uses him as sort of, you know, they they didn't, they teased it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, (laughs) they left it. So it's like, did she say that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe she said, um, what's the word in Japanese? Bano, um, the omnipotent, I'm guessing. Seijo no Marioko wa Bano des. So Bano must be omnipotent mm. because Seijo is saint and Marioko, well, like he, saints. Can, can you fit it phonetically to what she mouthed? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I assume that you would welcome a second season of this, but do you think it A, deserves it, and B, do you expect it to get a second season? Um, I... I don't know how much source material there is mm. on this. Uh, yeah. I haven't looked. Um, it might depend on that. I is mean, it I a compare satisfying it to, ending, though? I compare it to something like Flying Witch, for example, yeah. um, which I love very much and hasn't gotten a second season, and I know that there's source material for that. Um, maybe it wasn't. Maybe that one wasn't popular enough. This one, I think, is pretty popular. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised, but um, I don't... I really don't expect that there will probably be a second season because like Yashke type stuff like this, just mm. it doesn't often get them, you know? Yeah. So and if they yeah. do, it's years later. Years later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. It's, it's sweet. It's cute. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's, it feels good to watch it. Um, like this show, um, among my favorites for the season without, nice. you know, saying, saying what the favorite is or any favorites or anything like that. Not everything has ended. This is is the first show of yours that's ending. Yeah, it is is among my favorites. What what do you rate it as a whole at this point? I mean, it's probably still like seven. I don't think it's quite made an eight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Light seven, medium, strong. I'd say a strong seven. Strong seven. Yeah. Yeah, Right on. It's it's right in there. That's a recommendation then to our listeners from you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like if you're... If you're into that sort of thing, I guess, you know, I mean, there's always that qualifier, like not yeah. everyone's going to like this. It's I like can, with it's a, not something I would relate, you know, that I would recommend to our, our friend who uh, loves Boku no Hero, right? Yes. It's, yeah. And I have recommended some things that are slightly Yashike to him, but they have other things going on and, uh, and he yeah. has enjoyed them. So he might actually like this show. I very much doubt it, but it's like an, an, an isekai Iyashike with a romance element. Is that, yeah. Is that a fair description? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's not like super Iyashike because there's, there's actually quite a lot going on and there's like a through story and stuff. It's not completely slice of life because of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Iyashike like just means like feels good, which it does. So I think Iyashike fits pretty well. And it seems like the stakes, although there are never that high, they're never that like fever pitch where it's like, yeah. oh my God, what's going to happen? It's like, yeah. you know, I, I 
feel safe about this. Right, right. It, yeah, even when they're like cornered in the swamp and everything, we know that the the Grand Magus still has this power that he's holding back, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, it was during this episode that I thought to myself, um, the battle scenes, like it has battle scenes and stuff. It has fighting, uh, mm. uh, and uh, but it doesn't last for five episodes. Um, and Wrap it's like, it up. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's over pretty quickly. It's like minute, minute and a half, maybe two minutes or something mm. like that in the battle scenes. And I, I think they're good battle scenes, but they are short. Um, so it might not scratch that itch for people because it's so short. Um, but for me, that's about all I need. I don't, I don't need a five episode battle arc, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, um, I mean, it depends on the show too, right? I mean, some, I mean, this show sound, you know, that would be so out of place, right? If they had some cliffhanger battle. Well, right. <laughs> they choose to focus more on actual story and, you know, characters and, uh, you know, things like that instead of, but either, either can, can manage uh, that, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's, that's not the focus of the battles. Yes. The battles are not the focus of the show. Yeah. Although I would say that they're not unimportant to the plot of the show. Yeah. Um, they're serviceable, but not, uh, yeah. But yeah, they're not the main focus where you have to have them last for five episodes. Otherwise you don't have a show. You keep taking hits at my hero, but there's plenty I of. Didn't say anything about my hero. I didn't even mention it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just contextually, but because uh, that was like seven episodes, so you know. <laughs> there are shows with plenty of battles that are very well written. Uh, One Piece. I will. I will invoke that name, but uh, but anyway, mm -hmm. that's a story for another day. <laughs> you want to invoke Inuyasha as well? I'm sure there's. Uh, no. Does it have long battle scenes? I've never watched it, so. I, I mean, yeah, there's some longer battles, but. Naruto. Yeah, I'm. I'm. One Piece is fantastic. That's all I'm saying. I you know I throw these other shonen yeah. in there. Um, I mean, so like Hunter Hunter uh, mm -hmm. definitely does that. Yes. Um, and it's a show you love. And I love it, but I hate that about it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, we're 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 venturing. We're, off yeah, topic. we're digressing. <laughs> um, but anyway, you like this show, Hiki Hero. You've covered every episode of it, and you recommend it to listeners who are in. Well, I don't recommend Higgy Hero because that was the oh, last shit, show we talked about. Higgy Hero is, is dog shit. I, I said that. Um, yeah, Saints I read Magic the wrong Power. Line. Yes, Saints yeah. Magic Power is what we're on. Yes, Saints Magic Power. I, I like the show very much. I'm just short of saying I love it. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's good if you mm. like this kind of show. Okay, cool. Um, and if you don't, you're probably not going to like it as much as I do. No, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and I am sad that it's over. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it will come back though. We'll see. Maybe, maybe there'll be something next season that will fill that. Nope, nope. There's nothing. We shall see. I don't know. I guess Sunny Boy could be Sunny Boy. I mean, that's my most uh, anticipated. Aquatope is definitely maybe. slice of life. Maybe a Yashike. Uh, it's I got. Know. It's got like an, a, a dramatic relationship element seemingly yeah. going on there. But we're we're venturing into spoilers for our, what we're watching episodes. So uh, we're watching I'll both of those. I'll tell you that. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so such a uh, probably probably not a surprise if you know ardent, us and you're such an ardent fan base. It's going to pick up on that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on to your eternity. To my eternity. Yeah. This is our last yours, show we're covering, uh, and this one is not ending soon. It has a very bizarre twenty episode run. Yeah, it's um, a weird number. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we're we're getting it to episode eleven. The yeah. next episode will be like the natural end of a season, 
uh, 12 or 13 I mean, with the yeah. number. Yeah. yeah. But then we're getting like, you know, seven or eight more episodes and then it's over. Yeah. I'm, I'm just guessing that the way the arcs lined up, it, it just didn't work out in, I mean, actually they must have a roadmap, right? Know. With that yeah. sort of odd episode. Run. I mean, they've been, they've been, when I was reading the manga alongside watching it, uh, they've been pretty true and dead on to it. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure they have a path uh, pretty well laid out for for what they're doing and they probably were like well we can make it i mean i don't know like what's the last big change we had i guess this time skip right so yeah I mean, so they, yeah. they could have made it 10 episodes or if we're continuing on past 10 episodes then it's going to have to be 20 so 20. i mean i'm guessing that's what go. they decided they must have plotted it for out. whatever reason so yeah that being said i am i feel mixed about this episode i liked a lot of it Mm. and I was let down by uh, the end of it. Um, okay. but, uh, it sounds very similar to the notes that I have, which <laughs> okay. is that uh, it was a very nice, peaceful episode. It honestly felt like it was sort of wrapping up, you know? Yes, I, I thought um, we were going to... Okay, so we, we, ha- Here's the thing with this show. It's like, seemingly, the conceit is this, this, this alien, alien in quotes, uh, being, being Fushi, mm. um, being an impartial... Uh, presence on earth learning about the life forms that live on earth humans being the most you know primary ones right uh and so a lot of humans yeah lots of humans we've we've talked about that like him like experiencing the human condition learning about you know what it is to be human um and they they delve into it in this episode a little bit yes for sure and then we get so we learn with this time skip that's a three-year time skip which seems was it three okay well, yeah, that's what, because that's what... Um, I was thinking four last last week when we talked about it. I think I said four. But... Yeah, I was thinking four or five. Like, three seems not that long to me, um, mm-hmm. given how buff, uh, how ripped um, um, Gugu gets. Been working hard, man. He has. He's been killing that it. protein powder. Um, but we learned that uh, Reen is about to turn 16. Mm. Um and I forget who mentions the three-year thing, but it's either her or Gugu, one of them. But it was a thing. I wrote it down. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, this whole crux of this episode is that she's about to get married, or she's about to be... Uh, um, betrothed. Betrothed. What's the word, though? Um, Engaged? Yeah, but uh, arranged wedding is is the... Yeah, I mean, that's what I meant by betrothed. Yes, betrothed, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's an arranged wedding in the sense that she doesn't know who she's marrying, and it's not up to her. She, yeah, I mean, she does know him. But she's she, never seen him. She says that specifically. I've never seen his yeah, face. Yeah, but she knows, I don't know. She knows his family. She probably has actually met him before when they were children or something like Maybe. that. Maybe. would be my guess. It, it seemed like anyway, but I don't know. It could be. She does say that she has never seen him, but... um, um. Regardless, she's in the beginning. She's making her and uh, Fushi are hanging out together, and they're they're each making presents. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Reen is making a, a crayfish. Uh, well, yeah, she she asks Fushi, "What what is Gugu like?" Yeah, and he says, mm, "Crayfish." So. And so she makes this really cute crayfish, like sort of mask. looks like felt or cloth, but it's like the sort of mask for him. Yeah. Um, and then that, I was disappointed with that. That never pays off. She never actually gives him that. Um, yet she might still, she might still. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I thought it was worth mentioning, but Fushi is making, (laughs) 
explains. He's making it for Boozman, Luis Boozman, uh, making a His name isn't Luis. <laughs> making an armpit uh, sweat rag. Um, yeah, sweat rag for wiping the sweat out of your armpits. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay, okay. Because I'm like, <laughs> what? You don't have one? I've got like three at my house. They stink to high heaven. I tell you, I should wash them sometime. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not a thing because you, it cracked me up because he explains it to Reen, and she's like, okay, um, at what he's making. And then when he uh, Boozman shows up and he gives it to him, he just and, walks up and said, "I made a present for you." And yeah. Boozman's like, "Oh, is it a sweat rag for my armpits?" <laughs> Like he gets it. Like he totally understands. It's so awesome. Um, but anyway, but uh, that whole scene sets up because uh, Serene is telling um, Fushi about the arranged marriage and how yeah. she's not happy with that. And her plan is to uh, uh, have a boyfriend, essentially, like have someone that like a solid, like, you know, something to uh, um, um, uh, contest this arranged marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Like some some relationship. And so Fushi, as uh, as we learn, um, he is not transformed in these past three years, mm-hmm. and he has because of that he has, uh, I guess, just by virtue of not transforming, he has like begun to emulate the aging process, and he's like, yeah. grown with Gugu, and he's kind of been in step with him in that you know in that sort of maturation. Yeah, and and it's said that he does that for that reason, so yeah. that he would. He would also grow old with Gugu, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that's consciously, but that, yeah, that's like what he wanted. He wanted to be with Gugu and like spend time with him and, mm-hmm. and bond and whatnot. Um, but anyway, Gugu or Fushi has, uh, has grown a little bit. And so he's able to pick up on cues and stuff. And so while Reen is telling him this, he surmises like, oh, you mean you're going to confess your love to Gugu or, you know, you're going, is this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're in love with Gugu and he kind of spills the beans like Gugu loves you and even though he had already yeah, drunkenly at, at first said it, that. At first, it seemed like she was trying to get Fushi to be her boyfriend. That's kind of what I got, but then... I didn't get that because she kept asking questions about Gugu, like, what is Gugu like? Mm, and and true. my birthday's coming up. Do you think Gugu's going to come? And, mm. and like she was so into Gugu that I didn't, I didn't really go there. Yeah. But she, right. but I can't fault you for that because initially, like when she first met Fushi, she was all about Fushi and like was so into him and like, you know, wanted to work there because of him. Yeah. But she was also running away from home at that time. And so she needed a place to stay. So that complicates it. Um, but, uh, but anyway, and so the next scene is Gugu, Gugu's brother shows up finally. Yeah. Um, and he random had, scene. And three years ago, which was the last episode, <laughs> um, uh, Gugu had had his whole thing where he was, you know, away from Boozman and all that, and was kind of rejected. You know, based on everything that happened, was kind of uh, staying away from them. And and he ran into his brother drunken in an alley, or maybe not drunken, but Being he was thrown at least, out of a bar or opium den or something. Yeah, yeah he was at least all fucked up and not. Uh, didn't have his wits about him. Um, and Gugu saw him, noticed it was his brother, took pity on him, gave him the ring that Reen had given him that is supposedly worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as he was walking away, his brother like was like, you know, reached out to him, was like, my brother. And he's like, no, I'm not your brother. And he left. I have no brother. I have no brother. And so his brother finally tracks him down after three years. And Gugu, of course, meets him with uh, uh, disdain and uh, frustration a lot of emotions mm. and uh, rejects him essentially. And, and his brother's like, I, you know, I still want to carry on this dream of having a mansion and, you know, I have a job now and I'm doing okay. And, uh, but Gugu says, 
you know, essentially F you, get out of here. Yeah. Um, and so he gives the ring or no, he uh he doesn't give the ring to Gugu, but later he brings it to Boozman for some reason. Well no, he tries to give the ring to Gugu and Gugu slaps it out of his hand. Yeah. And then I remember him going he to goes the door. And he goes and he picks it up. His brother picks it yeah. up after Gugu leaves. And then, then yeah, he goes to Boozman and says, Hey, I wanted to give this to Gugu, but he won't accept it from me or yeah. whatever or something. So. And Reen is right there. And so she sees the ring, recognizes yeah. it as her own, yeah. and remembers this boy in the market that she had taken pity on mm-hmm. who had found her dog and, and pay, repaid him with this ring. With this ring that she hated. It yeah. was worth a lot of money. Because of her issues with her parents and all that. Green. She doesn't like green. Yeah, green. She still Get wears it. Here. I ain't going green. Um, and, uh, and so she realizes in that moment that Gugu is that kid. She doesn't realize that he's the one that saved her life with that runaway log. Right. But she does realize that he is that kid. Yeah. Um, and so... She doesn't even know that her life was saved. Yeah, that's true. That's she just true. thinks that she was out picking flowers and someone pushed her down and gave yes. her a nasty cut on her arm. Yes. And so, but it starts this inkling, right, in her mind of like, yeah. you know, I, there, I know this guy. Like, I, mm-hmm. there, you know, we go back further than I thought. Um, and so there's a scene where she's trying to put the, Gugu's like sleeping out in the grass and she tries to put the ring on his finger and wakes right. him up. And, yeah. And then, and then they had this whole confrontation where she's like, you love me, right? You told me you love me. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm to be married soon and my birthday's coming and I want you to be there. And, and he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't remember that. When, yeah. did, I, when did I do that? He's t- and obviously he does remember it. He's totally, you know, just a nervous, uh, no, I don't think he does. Uh, I don't know. I, I because, disagree. Because when booze man comes out, he's like, oh yeah, liquor, it'll do that to you. You know, you'll forget. He does say things. that. Well, I, I don't, I believe that maybe he doesn't remember confessing his love. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. But he totally, in that moment, is acting like coy about his right. feelings right. for her. Because yeah. he does clearly love her. Right. Um, but maybe he doesn't remember confessing his love. So I'll give you that. Uh, because he was, yeah, like dangerously close to like alcohol intoxication. I don't know how he was not passed out. <laughs> yeah, or like he should have maybe died. Not that I want probably. him to die, but well, he's probably going to. Yeah, he's got like he's got a fatty liver, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um <laughs> but anyway, um so this all leads to Fushi and Gugu setting off to go to the birthday party. Yeah. And uh and Fushi brings a bunch of potatoes. I don't know what's his gift. Vegetables. Yeah, vegetables yeah. and potatoes. Yeah. But they have purple potatoes, which I guess are a thing. Yams, yeah. Um, okay, yams. Um, and uh and on the way, Fushi's like, you know, you know, you're supposed to bring a gift. And I was told Boozman told me or whoever, Pioran or someone told me I gotta bring a gift. And so where's yeah. your where's your gift for uh, for Reen? He's like, Oh, I'm gonna get it on the way. And so he goes and he gets a a dream bellflower, as they call it. No. Uh, which I googled. Bellflower is, of course, a thing, but a dream yeah. bellflower, uh, as far as I could find, uh, I did I did a bit of research on it. It's not uh, a specific genus mm. of uh, of bellflower. No. Um, maybe you need to Google the Japanese name. Maybe when I googled dream bellflower, to your eternity came up like, like oh, the first yeah. like ten <laughs> results, <laughs> and then and then I googled specifically, or I, I searched within Wikipedia dream bellflower because a lot of the bellflowers have like you know, different names. 
um, that they're known by, um, mm, and nothing yeah. came up. But uh, but yeah, maybe the Japanese, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Maybe. So I could refer to some specific rare breed some, of bellflower. Some isekai, otherworld thing, you know? Yeah, that could be too. Um, who knows? Um, but anyway, it's a purple bellflower. <clears throat> and so, of course, Gugu remembers her picking these flowers the day that he saved her, even though she doesn't know that she was saved. Mm-hmm. But it was a traumatic experience for both of them, but for her as well. And, uh, but he somehow remembers it despite a log falling on his head moments later. That's true. But, you know. And I guess it's just because he remembers her so much, and I don't know. Yeah. He loves, you know, he loves her or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he gets his, he gets her one single, not a bouquet, but just a single flower. He's not a rich man. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they go to the party, and it's this whole hubbub, and, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot of affluent, you know, members of society, right? So, like... He stands out. He's wearing this. Uh, oh, uh, Boozman makes him this fancy new, oh, yeah. uh, new helmet, yeah. which uh, which can do like fire breathing. Um, Got like a flint built into it, so when the helmet like shuts, it creates a spark so that he can blow yeah, his booze out. Which apparently he still has the booze thing in him. Yes, because um, he's he wants to have it in any time that this uh, the tree monster might the attack. Knockers, I think they're yes, called, right? Tommy knockers. I want to know. It's just knockers. But I looked up Tommy knockers, and they're also known as knockers. Oh. Uh, and it's a Welsh, uh, originates from a Welsh mining uh, um, um, tale of pranksters. They would, they would pull pranks, these Tommy knockers, or hmm. knockers, as they're called. Uh, but I thought, that I, when I said knockers, I, I originally, I immediately thought Tommy knockers. And I know you're... Oh, I thought toots. Oh, did you? Knockers. Well, I know you're a Stephen King fan, so kidding. I thought of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe they guess the Stephen King thing. And so I had to look up Tommy Knockers. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's this whole like Welsh, you know, um, uh, folktale kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but and they're also called Knockers. So I just had to throw it out there. But uh, but yes, these. You uh, know what else were also called Knockers? <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I haven't felt a woman's touch in uh, over a decade, so no, it hasn't been quite long that long. <laughs> really? Approaching a decade. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's a story for another time. But um, <laughs> no, okay, so yeah, he's he's been on guard for these knockers, as they call them, the tree monster, um, which I'm still disappointed we don't know much about. But anyway, mm. so he goes. To, they go to the thing, and he gets the flower, and they're there, and there's stuff, you know, uh, goo goo stuff in his face. And Rean comes up, and and uh, like, oh, you know, she's all, you know, nervous. I'm glad you're here. And and then he's like, oh, so about the other day, you know, he wants to confront her about what she was saying, and she's like, oh, all nervous and trying to change the subject. And then he gives her the gift of the flower, and this is where I kind of took issue with it because it's like. The whole party, it's like one of those, there's a scene in the Weird Al movie, UHF, where <laughs> it's in a busy office building, all these phones are ringing, and then somebody says something outrageous, and all the phones stop ringing. <laughs> it was kind of one of those scenes of, like, everyone just stops, like, agape of, like, I can't believe you gave her this flower that she was picking on the night, on the day that she, you know, had that incident of which she was just fine. Like, I was just so, like, flabbergasted of, like, why everyone in this party would care and not only care, but also know these details about this specific mm, flower. Yeah. Um, but specifically the mom, which, okay, that makes sense. But she was like, you know, how could you do that? Uh, and it's this whole like dramatic thing of like, how could you give this flower? But anyway, I can forgive it. Cause it's all in service of, um, of awakening in her, these, um, you know, this inkling that, uh, Gugu had more to do with that day than she realized. And uh, so it all escalates uh, eventually. Um, Takes a little while to get there, but yeah. 
Yeah, there's this whole scene of, you know, her being like, it's okay, you know, you got me this flower, it's fine. And then, you know, some, you know, one of the maids is like, do you want me to destroy it? And then meanwhile, some guy at the party is like, screw you with your mask, that's rude. And he like pushes them into a fountain. And Reen has to go and meet the, uh, her betrothed. Oh, yes, the betrothed shows up. um, And he seems cute, honestly. Uh, I'm nothing against him, but. Yeah, we don't, like a, we don't really know much about him. Yeah, yeah, we weren't given any <laughs> characterization of him, but uh, but yeah, he seemed cute. You know, he wasn't like... <laughs> he he wasn't like, hideously disfigured by a log falling on his head and having to wear a mask or He anything, wasn't disfigured, so. nor was he like a cocky like jerk or anything. He was just like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm a guy, and I'm cute. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, there was no there was no like air to him about like, yeah. oh, I I am this, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a bad guy. He yeah. wasn't a good guy. He was yeah. just a person. That yeah, existed. he was just a guy. Yeah, yeah was there. Um, but anyway, there's a scene where you know after that where Gugu is like, I'm just gonna you know Fushi have fun, you know enjoy yourself. I'm gonna be outside, you know, I can't be in here anymore. And uh, and so it leads to a scene of of Reen you know, finding him out there and being like, you're leaving already. Uh, and, and this is where I have an issue because this whole episode, I thought as, as you hinted towards, it was building to something, this reveal of him taking off the mask. Right. And of course, and there's a perfect scene. They're Did both I hint at that. Well, you, you hinted at, you hinted at them building towards something. And so oh, that's okay. what I thought that what you were talking about, because this is where, this is where my mind was at. And I was like, Oh my God, we're going to do it. They're both outside. They're alone. Um, uh, they both clearly know that they love each other. It's been established, or they at least like each other. Like it's been established. There's romantic feelings. Um, and they're on this like sort of terrace or whatever overlooking, you know, it's this like romantic scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and right is about like, right, right at about the time that that sort of thing might've happened. Um, uh, but before that, <laughs> okay. Okay. So they, they go into, um, like Reen starts asking him about how oh, yes. he got disfigured. Yeah. And he, and saying, you know, I'm not going to hate you for it. Like I think at this point she's already sort of figured it out um, because of the flower thing. But and she's kind of playing where, dumb. This too. is where it comes back and pays off. Right. And she's, yeah, she's asking him about it. And yeah. which is, they, this hasn't come up in the last past three years, but okay. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he hadn't given her another flower and yeah. she also didn't prior to this, realize that he was the boy yes so now she knows that there's a connection there yeah and anyway so she's asking him about it and he's Mm -hmm. he's like all right well i'll I'll tell you about it um there was you know this girl that was you know picking flowers or something like that and uh yeah and then she sort of takes over the story and starts like saying yeah and she was picking the same flower and you had to push her out of the way and like she basically has already figured out and basically tells the rest of the story for him. Yeah. I mean, there and, was a uh, certain point where she was like, where I was like, you know, do you not get it? You know, where she was just like, and then what happened? And that, you know, and like, yeah, but she's kind of goading him into it until, yeah, yeah. until it's like, it clicks for her. I think it had already clicked. She knew where she knew where she was going with it. She was just I getting think so. him to say it. But I think there, I just got a sense of that, like, she was in disbelief, you know? That, like, she wasn't entirely convinced. Like, she had kind of put these puzzle pieces together, but, like, wanted him, wanted to hear him say it, you know? Mm. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, not like, I already know it, let me catch you in a trap, not that, but, like... I think this is where it's going, but like, I just have to hear it from you. Like, you know, right. I'm not convinced. You well, know? cause he's refused forever to you yeah, know, tell to her say about it. it. Um, yeah. And he tells her in such a roundabout way, but she still is like, okay, like 
yeah, I, yeah. this this is all I need. Yeah, and so yeah, we get to the sort of the climax of that where mm. you know, basically she realizes that he's the one that saved her, and yeah, he has finally told her the story about how he saved her, and you know, became this disfigured monster that he views himself as. Um, and, and then back to what you were saying. But yes, in this moment though, I just want to add on that she is taking all this in having already thought that this was the case, but being confirmed of that, but then also taking yeah. in the emotions of like that she's at fault somewhat for his disfigurement and for all the shame and all the grief, everything he's had to go through. Right. Like she's not directly responsible, but like mm. she is indirectly part of it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's like kind of a reckoning of her in her mind. And it's a great scene that was all fucking blown up in our faces, I think. I, this is where I was disappointed with this episode, where inexplicably, uh, the, the way they're posi- positioned, he's sort of standing on this like uh, uh, sort of outlook. Yeah, uh, overlook sort of. It has overhang. a balcony. Yeah, it's this whole like uh, sort of uh, thing that has been crafted, you know, yeah. uh, built there. And it just cracks inexplicably and he falls uh, down this cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is where the episode leaves us on a cliffhanger. And then we cut back inside. Yes. Well, I don't remember. I don't know where you're leading with that, but basically they established that like, oh yeah, with Fushi, right? Is that where Fushi, you're going? Yeah. Yeah. So Fushi's creator is like just you know for the audience's sake is like, oh the knockers, the knockers are, are back. back. Yeah. Um, and I just I I hated this. I, yeah. <laughs> I already am disappointed with the knockers themselves, like that we don't know much about them, like. Like, they mm. are a threat, but, like, the stakes aren't really there. It's just, like, they just show up whenever it's convenient. And and specifically we've got, here... We've got nine more episodes for them to justify. That's true. That's true. Know. I can't call it just yet, but it's just, like, I, uh, I'm so... I'm just... I have faith in this writer, the mm, manga writer. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I can't cast it out entirely, but this just seemed like a cop-out, given the anime, because... It has to end on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, and I don't know how it, you know, I haven't been keeping up on the manga, unfortunately. I probably should catch back up on it. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know where this would be positioned within the chapters, but this is probably the end of a chapter, right? Probably, probably. I just wish, see, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if it was built up somehow, that if, like, while they were talking, you could see, like, tree branches, like, slowly, like, building up like around him mm. or something or like something, something to like indicate that like this is going to happen. Cause like given how it is, it's just, just happens. But mm, so I understand what you're saying. Yes. That would have maybe played better in one way, but at the same time during that scene where they're having this sort of heart to heart conversation, they aren't paying attention to any of that stuff. That's and true. we as the audience shouldn't be either because we're as much in that scene as they are right yeah. so all that stuff could have been happening but we didn't see it they didn't see it yeah so i don't know i yeah eh, it, fair it enough. could go either way it just depends on how you're trying to tell the story and what sort of story you're telling and i think the the aspect of their uh, budding romance um mm. was the more important part of that scene yeah and it leading into this whole knockers thing is uh, really just happenstance. And that's uh, <laughs> just where it happened. Right. I mean, happenstance, but it was purposely done. Like, like to me, 
it was un the, it, it's undercutting their we knew, moment. We, we knew. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, right? It's yes, been, it's been set up. We knew yeah. that they were coming back and that the, it was going to be a problem again. And even earlier in the episode, um, oh god, old man said something. Um, well, he has man. like a heart to heart moment with with Gugu, and he personally starts to feel really emotional about like him as a son and 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 just seeing him grow and and change and yeah, and he's talking about oh, I'm such an old man now, and mm. it makes me sad that to know that I'm going to die before he does. Yeah, and that's sort of like a foreshadowing of like Gugu dying. I think you know it could be, um, which I don't think he's going to from this, but he yeah. is going to die at some point. I think. But I, I think mean, it's if he dies before his face is revealed to Reen, I I view it as a cop out. I view it as a non-committal narrative. Yeah. Depends on how choice. they do it. I, yeah, it's, wait, it's wait true. And see how they that's do true. It. But just based on like how they built it up in this episode, like I just. I feel like if they don't, don't if they don't follow through with that, it's like I don't see the I I, I don't see what your um I don't want to say obsession, but your <laughs> desire to have him reveal his mutilated face to Reen. I don't understand why that exists. Well, it's because of the show itself. Because originally, like I was kind of hint at the show, the the premise of the show is about Fushi, right? Yeah. But now they they've they, with this time skip and all this stuff, like and leading up with his birthday and stuff in this episode, like they've completely shifted the focus. Yeah, they did the same us thing. Care about these characters. They did the same thing with March, if yeah, you recall. <laughs> but they did it to better effect. Like they didn't leave it on this. Like like I don't know. I just. I don't know. I guess maybe they're going for this whole despair, like human despair angle again. I mean, there were, like... there were cliffhangers in the March yeah. saga as well. That's true. I don't know. I, I don't have the same problems with it that you do. I, I just find it I'm highly saying. convenient that, this, that these knockers or whatever would show up three years after at this precise moment. It's like, why? Like, there's, mm. no, there's, no, there's no impetus that I've seen that they've established so far right. that they would care about Gugu and Reen's, you know, relationship. So like you said, it's happenstance. Right. And we I'm, don't, having, we don't, I'm having trouble with that happenstance. Well, we don't, we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sort of the point. I yeah. Guess. I'm just, I'm just describing where I'm at. Like, I like this episode. It was just the ending that I felt like completely mm-hmm. undercut what it was going for. Um, and if, if maybe they had built up these knockers, <laughs> such a weird <laughs> thing to say now that you've uh, introduced the breast angle, but yeah. <laughs> um, these Tommy knockers, if, uh, if, uh, if they would have built them up a little more and given them like some sort of more, some weight to them, you know, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> some heft, I need some hefts on these knockers. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't think I can do this with a straight face anymore. <laughs> I'm really not trying to make a, a I, pun here. I legitimately I know, but, mean it. <laughs> I know, but as soon as you said it, my mind just went. Um, if they would have justified these knockers. <laughs> It almost sounds like fan service, but um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And 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 like you said, maybe this next episode or or like we have this weird episode count uh, of this uh, run, twenty yeah, episodes. Yeah. So it's like I, I'm not calling it. I'm not saying I'm done with this show. Like I'm clearly going to keep watching it, but I have to be critical for me of where I was at watching this. Like mm. it was not satisfying at all. And so there's there's a lot of weight on this next episode for me of like how they're going to um, carry it forward here. Like what the real point is. Cause I, I yeah. felt a disconnect between this tree monster <laughs> and, uh, and everything else has been going on. So I'm hoping they tie it together in some way that's satisfying. That's all. Yeah. Like I say, I have, I have faith in the writer 
um, the original manga writer, and actually in the adaptation as well, which has mm. been pretty true from you know what I've read of the manga. Yeah. Um, to the point that I read in the manga, it's been basically identical. So, mm. um, yeah. I I mean, yeah, we're not done with Gugu yet. Yeah. Um, despite this sort of cliffhanger, because if we were, then wouldn't it just end here? <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that either. I don't think that like Gugu's dead now or anything, right? Because um, clearly they set up the whole thing of he's ready to battle again. Like yeah. he's got a lot stronger, and 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 if anything, he's ready more ready to battle than Fushi is, because uh, mm. Fushi's kind of hasn't transformed in three years and has right. kind of uh, become more human and thus more weaker um, compared to what he could be. And so I, I could totally see like Gugu being, you know, the hero here where he, I guess he was before. He was the last time too, which is, mm, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's probably going to change that up. I don't think, I think Gugu's going to try and be the hero. Mm. And I think he's probably going to fail in some way. And yeah. I think maybe Fushi's going to have to rescue him. And I don't know. I don't know. It, it, there's, I don't know. There's lots of ways it could go, yeah. And I and like I said, I'm not I'm not giving up on this. I'm not trying to be that harsh where it's like I completely failed or anything. But I just it was just a choice that I I'm questioning, uh, yeah. and I, I'm very curious where it's going to go. And uh, yeah, that's I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my I, criticism. I, I just sort of have faith that they will justify we'll it, it together in some way. Yeah, you know. And I feel like, like whatever whatever reason that particular cliff at that particular time, you know, it's not like they were going after Gugu or Reen. It's as you said, like why would they be targeting them? They wouldn't. They're after yeah. Fushi. Um, but at the same time, they know of Fushi's connection to Gugu, and that Gugu was the one that sort of saved Fushi last time. So maybe they are targeting Gugu a little bit. Maybe because of that. Well, that's what I, I have I to know. wonder. This is the third time that they've attacked, mm. right? And Fushi isn't anywhere to be seen in this instance. Um, right, he's inside, and so that kind of you know um, goes along with what you're saying. But then it makes me wonder, like, what is the impetus for each time they've attacked? You know, was it happenstance the first time, or were they seeking out Fushi? And now are they getting smarter, like you're saying, and they're seeking out Gugu to get to Fushi, like? Um, as like, so if that's the case, it's like, okay, but I I need, they need to give me some more on that. Like I need, it can't just be like, oh, attack, attack. And then, and then we beat him. Like, like they need to talk or like, we need, we need some more characterization on this enemy. Yeah. I mean, the the only information we have is from the creator really. Yeah. And that they, they were created by a, another creator basically. Like in opposition. Believes in sort of a different approach to how this world is supposed to go or something like that so reminds me of two people having each having their own ant farm but they're connected you know (laughs) like (laughs) they have their own goals and they're trying to accomplish something i think of chess but yeah yeah chess yeah but i'm just thinking (laughs) about playing with lives you know it's like like actual lives like right like they're you know they're trying to accomplish something without being directly hands-on um but in a vacuum i don't know I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know how much will be revealed about. If you all imagine that. that the chess people are actual people. Yeah, like battle chess. No, like the chess people are actual people, and you're just telling them what to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's true. But but at a certain extent, and you're like, I've got a good idea. I'm going to get a guy that he's a knight, and he can jump over other pieces, and that's Fushi, right? And then you've got you know this these knockers. That's that's like your bishop, right? Um, I don't. 
I'm, I'm done with this metaphor. That or could analogy. be. That could be. But it's interesting with Fushi's creator because, like, he will intervene. He has intervened, but it seems like he doesn't want to. Like, he wants Fushi to be able to. He's not, to some extent, he's not allowed to, but he has already intervened more than I thought he would be allowed would, to. He, yeah. he said something like that he couldn't help him or something. Yeah. Um, at, at the first fight. Like, he. I can tell you this, but I can't actually help you is yeah. what he says, something yeah. like that, right? But then in the second fight, he doesn't, like, he kind of lets him know it's about to happen, but he doesn't, like, help him in the same way. Right. Um, but then at the end, he, you know, sort of jump starts him from the rock, which true. is, that's the part that I'm saying is more than I thought he would that's be true. allowed to do. That's true. Um, I don't know. So, so yeah. It's con- there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot more to be revealed, a lot more than in just even 20 episodes, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I, I still like it. I'm not trying to shit on it. Like it's it's uh, it's one of the best shows this season. So, <laughs> but I, I I just take issue with this episode. But we'll see. Maybe maybe the next episode will uh, will justify uh, everything that's uh, happened. Yeah, maybe. we're getting what about two and a half chapters per episode. I think somewhere mm. around there. Okay, two to two and a half. Um, so we've got twenty episodes. So that would take us to. 50 chapters ish mm. and there's uh 147 or something like that oh, wow. so there's a lot more it's probably still going i imagine yeah yeah it's still going so well cool well i hope uh even after this ends we get more because i i do like it um, i i think it's pretty popular i think it's popular enough it'll hopefully keep going and hopefully not catch up and you get you know how it goes when they catch up I'll say it's my fourth favorite show this season. So yeah, um, all right. It's uh, it's ranking in that regard. It's it's in my top percentiles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to actually look through the list and see, but it's it, it's it's a top show. So it's top five for you. It's probably top five for me. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I think so. Anyway, um, yes, I think that does it for us. Um, we talked about some shows more than others, uh, deservedly so, I would say, in some cases. Um, yes, uh, sometimes we ramble and when we shouldn't, but and sometimes we just poop on things and move on as we should. <laughs> yes, and we're gonna try to get better at that. We we have pooping on things. <laughs> um, anyway, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. We've got two more episodes next week. Um, and then we will be starting into uh, season two of our podcast, the summer season, summer 2021. Our, uh, what we'll be watching should, oh, based on what George told me, it should be out before this episode comes out. So it's probably available now. If it's not, it will be soon. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, you can find us on all the social medias at Unlike Anime. That's U-M-L-I-K-E-A-N-I-M-E. Um, I have been George and he is Tony. Wait. Yep. (laughs) Whatever. Good enough for government work.